How's it going, everybody? I'm AJ. I'm going to be ranting about the 2020 action horror film, Becky. So I actually knew nothing about this movie. I've seen it's been kind of popping up on people's radars. And the big draw, if you've seen anything about this film, is that it's the first time we've seen Kevin James, Paul Bar Mall Cop, Adam Sandler movies, you know Kevin James, the first time seeing him in a dramatic role. And he actually plays the villain in this film. You, he has a pretty... A uh, bold look, I'll say, with a shaved head with a big swastika tattooed on the back of his head, big bushy beard. It's certainly a different look than we're used to from Paul Blart. So, I mean, that's really the thing selling this film. Uh, the only other thing I heard was people were saying it's similar to Home Alone meets I Spit on Your Grave. And I'm sure most people listening are familiar with Home Alone. If you're unfamiliar with I Spit on Your Grave, I'm going to spare you some stuff. But basically, that is a very raw look at trauma where a young woman who gets brutally raped by a bunch of dudes gets revenge by killing the dudes pretty savagely one by one. So I can definitely see the comparisons there. I'll get to that as I talk about more of my thoughts after I uh, tell you the plot. And I mean, that was really the only thing I knew about this film. So I didn't know about the writers. I didn't know about the directors. I didn't know anything besides Kevin James is in it. That's it. And I thought the little thumbnail picture looked interesting. It had this young girl with blood all over her face. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. So the movie begins with our introduction to our main characters being our protagonist and antagonist. So Becky, played by Lulu Wilson, and Dominic, played by Kevin James. Becky is getting like bullied she's on the ground everyone's above her laughing and they do this cool thing where they're cutting from that to a prison yard with a guy actually getting stomped out and beat up and everyone's kind of riding around him and dominic is kind of the job of the hut of the situation he's kind of running everything and he pawns off or he like hands a guy a like a shiv to go kill another guy you, you learn a lot about her characters becky is a victim at her school she keeps getting bullied kevin james dominic i gotta call him dominic <laughs> is like the kingpin of this jail. So we're learning a lot about our characters there. Becky gets called out of school to go with her dad somewhere, and her dad's played by Joel McHale, which is awesome. I got really excited there. And uh, you write your own joke. His name in this movie is Jeff. Joel McHale, Jeff, write your own joke. It's not that funny. Anyway, they are going somewhere, and Becky doesn't really know where. So while that's happening... Dominic is also being in uh, transported along with his little goons in one of those like armored car prison transports. And they want to try to break out by cleverly killing another inmate. And Kevin James goes, Hey, uh, that guy needs help. And the guard goes, huh? Stop the car. Which I mean, I know I, I always say I'll try to keep my thoughts, but I'm just going to pepper in the things that stand out. Are you telling me that? I mean, first off, dude could have faked it. Dude could have pretended like he passed out. The whole point was stopping the car. They didn't have to actually kill another inmate. I get it. They're trying to show us how bad these bad guys are. But like, it just, that kind of seemed weird to me. They could have done that literally any other way, but I digress. I will give them credit. I think that's actually cool the way they reveal or kind of show, because we know what's going to happen there. And instead of showing it to us, while Becky and her dad are at this gas station getting snacks, on the TV you see that... There's been a report of, oh, these prisoners escaped by killing the guards, yada, yada. We knew that was going to happen, so I appreciate them revealing it in a unique way instead of just showing us the cliche kills and all that stuff. I, I appreciate taking something that we've seen a lot and presenting it and just 
different. So while that's going on, Becky and is being really mean to her dad. Basically, you learn that they're both going through a trauma. Her mom, Jeff's wife, passed away from cancer recently. Apparently, it's been recent enough that the scar is still fresh. And they are going to this cabin, I guess, that they have in the woods. So they get there, and that's when Jeff decides to surprise her with his new girlfriend and her son. They're both black, and that's important kind of later, although I wish it would have been a little more important. Uh, They are being introduced, and Becky's being real snobby and mean to them. You understand because her mom meant a lot to her. There's a lot of flashbacks of of Becky interacting with her mom and how Becky was there the whole time her her mom was getting sick. And so clearly it affected her a lot. Plus she's at a young age. She's like, I think it's revealed to be 13. You understand why she's being so distant, disrespectful to her dad, mean to her new, it's revealed like we're getting married. We're used to that. And uh, I'll actually talk about, they do the thing that I don't like in these kinds of movies where dinner table everyone's around the outcast is at the opposite end of the table and the dad is like so kiddo she's like don't call me i think i forgot the nickname you get a little cute nickname for her she's like don't call me that he's like okay well we have got some big news we're gonna get married and i can't granted i've never been in the situation i have never seen this scene ever work in a movie ever (laughs) There's never, there hasn't been a single tell that Becky is understanding at this point. She's clearly still mourning and going through the stages of grief about her mom. So she shockingly storms out big, mean, my mom would have hated you, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, if her mom was alive, she would be very upset with the woman marrying her husband. That's not the point. She's a kid. I think I will give them credit. They picked the right age for her because any older and you kind of being like, okay, you need to be mature about this. But she's 13. She's like a fresh teenager. She's still a kid for all counts. Anyway, so while that's going on, Dominic and his goons stop this or they're dressed like police officers and they stop this car and they get the guy to come out. And he's like, Kevin James is like, oh, uh, where do you live? And he's like, about a half mile up the road. Is it good? And then kills him. <laughs> and this actually does become important. Apex, played by Robert Millet, which you guys will, he's always the big guy in every movie. He was in Sherlock Holmes as the big guy, and the big thing I know him from, will always know him from, is 300. He plays the giant immortal. You'll learn his look. He pops up all the time as like a goon for the bad guys. You have seen him a lot. He was in Deadpool 2. He was in Game Over Man. He's in a ton of things. He's always like the big guy. Anytime he has to try to prove a point in our hero, basically he's a jobber where he, his job is to make the hero tougher. Anyway, he's there and he right off the bat, they kill some kids in this movie. It's off screen, but yeah, they kill some kids. So we more home dynamic stuff. Becky goes out to her little thing in the woods, her little like log cabin treehouse thing. And Jeff, her dad is like, Hey, you know, give, I'm just got, I got to try to find, give Kayla a chance, his, his fiance at this point, she's trying and Becky really doesn't want to hear any of it. And while that's happening, Dominic shows up at the cabin with, with Kayla and her son. She, they're the only ones in, in the house right now. He shows up, he's like, hey, I'm looking for my dog. Kayla's like, oh, well, they'll help you. And then Jeff shows up and he's like, what's going on? Things pop off and 
they're looking for Dominic makes it clear that they're looking for something in the house and things go haywire. The whole, it becomes like the hostage thing you've seen in every movie where sit on the couch. We've seen that about a thousand times in the movies, all these types of movies. And Becky doesn't know really what's going on. And then like all of a sudden they make a break for it. The Kayla and her son run away and apex, the guy who killed the kids earlier has them cornered. And he's like, let, I'm going to let you guys go, go out the back door, run. He goes and tells his boss, Dominic, he's like, oh, took care of it. He's like, okay, well, where are they? He's like, I took care of it. He's like, that's not what I asked. It's kind of revealed that Apex is kind of spiraling from killing those kids in the beginning of the movie. And that becomes a real motif throughout this film. He is not okay with killing kids. He's perfectly fine with killing men. I, I guess we all have our rules or our breaking points. So... While that's happening, Kayla and Ty are running in the woods. They get caught by other goons. And this is where we get our first death, well, of our cast. We've got other people dying, like the dude in the beginning. But people that we know with Little Dog. There are two dogs in this movie, two adorable pit mixes things. And one gets lit up and tells us, okay, these are bad, bad guys. And they're like, what were you guys doing out here? And so the little kid... Ty, played by Isaiah Rockcliffe, is like, we're looking for Becky. And this is actually before they killed the dog because Kyla's like, "Uh, Becky's our dog, really thinking quickly, which I appreciate that. I think that's clever because it shows that she does have a motherly instinct for her and that she is a good person. So the whole time the goons are like, okay, Becky's just a dog. So then they take them back to the house, back on the couch, and they're like, yeah, I killed Becky. And then Jeff's eyes get real huge and then uh, Kayla's like, yeah, that dog, we're going to miss that dog. And then Jeff is like, oh, so at this point, Becky learns what kind of is what going on is going on. So she goes to her room and she can grab, she only has enough time because Kevin James is about to go into the room. She can grab her backpack, which has her name and phone, or she can grab the radio. She grabs the radio, which for plot, this has to happen, and she's a kid, so we can give the dumb decision some leeway. If she would have grabbed her phone, then she could have called the cops, yada yada, because then Kevin James finds the backpack with her name on it and is like, what does this look like? And dude's like, uh, backpack. He's like, do dogs wear backpacks? He's like, well, no. He's like, right. This is a little girl. And so he does the, Kevin James does like the interrogation thing of, tell me what I want to know. Jeff's like, uh, Becky is with her mom in Atlanta. Kevin James freaking shoots Kayla in the leg. He's like, wrong. And so we, we're learning a lot that these bad guys are very bad and they're looking for a key, a key that was shown around Becky's neck earlier in the film. And it, it it's, a, it's the MacGuffin for this movie. It, it doesn't matter what it's for. It's for something important. It drives the entire movie forward because Kevin James and his goons can't leave until they find the key and Becky has the key and doesn't want to give it back to them unless everyone's going to be safe or this kind of thing. It's the driving force for the movie, the textbook definition of MacGuffin. And at this point, that's where the movie really pops off and takes off. And we're probably about 30, 45 minutes into this point. And Jeff is taken outside by because he, they find out that Becky is there, takes Jeff outside, starts torturing him, saying, uh, Kevin James, like, bring me the key. So she starts to make her way over there. Jeff fights back heroically and tries to get Becky to run away, and then that's when we get our death of our main cast members here. Jeff gets killed, Joel McHale, exit Joel McHale, that's a wrap on him, he dies, and that's when Becky decides to go hide back in her little cabin thing in the woods, and a guy shows up, he's like, hey, 
give me the key. I, I'll just say I found the key. We don't give a crap about you. We just want the key, please. I don't like dogs because she has her big, the other surviving pit bull in there with her. He's like, just give me the freaking key, please. And that's when she makes this decision. It's actually, it's a moment that actually stood out to me because I can recall it. He's like, you know, your mom and your little brother are still alive. And she's like, that's not my mom. He's like, okay, stepmom, who gives a freak? They're, they're alive. Give me the freaking key. And that's when she comes up with the decision to kill them all. <laughs> so she gets like a bunch of sharpened pencils and like sharpened meter sticks, little yardstick ruler things. And dives on the guy really graphically and gorely stabs him to death killing him and it's definitely a moment because they use this as like uh, i think it's like the cover of the film and like the little wallpaper when you scroll over the the film when you're on like the google store or apple store or whatever it shows her with like a big bloody face little kid hat on it's a great image especially like a tone setter for the movie and that's when this happens we learn that Dominic, Kevin James, has kind of brainwashed all of the goons, and he has this thing about picking up people and calling them his children, and says, I see the potential in you, and I re I've thought about this for a really, really long time, this whole plan, because I really need this key, and Apex is kind of spiraling because he doesn't want to hurt anybody, at least the, the survivors so far in this film. But Dominic really has a grip on him and does this like kind of cult leaderish thing to convince him to stay aboard. So Becky is killing all these goons left and right pretty awesomely. That's definitely the highlights of this movie is the, the kills here. And Apex eventually goes to find her and he's like kind of choking her out and he lets her go. He's like, you know what? I'm washing my hands of this. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want to kill kids. He's like, this kind of crap. He's like, I saw what you did to the other dude. You killed him with a freaking meter stick. He's like, I'm over this. I'm washing my hands. I suggest you run away. I'm running away too. She doesn't run away. She goes back to the house and she and Kevin Smith have their little standoff. The movie's very cat and mouse. I know I forgot to mention that, but that's the primary, I'd call it genre of this film. It's very cat and mouse, very lure bad guys out here. I'm going to use my ingenuity and my skills because I know this stuff to overpower, outsmart these bad guys. And that's most of the film, like most of what's set up, most of when things finally really start popping off, this is what the film is kind of supposed to be. So all that stuff goes down and in mano a mano, Kevin James, he tries to do his little cult thing. He's like, I see the potential in you. He's like, you're an orphan now. I can raise you right. And you'll look back at this as a big moment where you blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, okay, cool. She gets like a water gun and like they're in front of a bonfire. And she like squirts, I guess it's gas or something and like burnt, like lights him on fire. He rips off his, you know, thing and they start fighting. And again, cat and mouse stuff goes on. And as Kevin James has the, I know I, I kept calling him Kevin James, whatever. He um, has her like dead to rights, has a gun aimed at her. He gets tackled by Apex and they start fighting it off a little bit. And that's when Becky grabs this like four wheeler with a lawnmower kind of pole thing in the back of it. She goes and runs over Kevin James, chops him up, saws him, all that crap, grinds him up. It's a pretty gory death. Exit Kevin James. She lives. She goes and the apex is like, you know, I think maybe I might be redeeming myself. And then she bang, she kills him. Yay. Cause he's a bad guy. He is responsible for a lot of the death in this movie too. And that's basically it. Becky sits down and the mom and son are perfectly fine. They're like, you good? She doesn't really answer. And then they're in front of the cops and 
or it's uh, the beginning of the film starts with Becky being interrogated by cops and then it ends with her being interrogated by the cops going like, and she's like, I don't remember what happened. And they're like, okay, so I guess you blacked out because she murdered a lot of people. And it's kind of hinted that she's not going to be okay. And she kind of has a taste for blood and it's kind of like a zoom in on the MacGuffin key. And what is this supposed to mean? Okay. My thoughts on the movie now. Let's start with the good. I think the deaths were incredible. They were very fun, very, uh, they used very good practical effects when they could. A lot of the like close up shots of like in a yardstick eraser thing being shoved into a guy's neck is very gory, very detailed, and a lot of fake blood. That's definitely a highlight of the film. It was also pretty funny. Uh, some of the comedy really landed because this film is aware of what you want gore wise. And so like there's a bit where Kevin James gets his his eyeball basically stabbed out so it's dangling by a little cord whatever in his head in his skull and he's like oh god just cut it off man so guy grabs like these safety scissors he finds and just starts kind of like trying to cut it but the safety scissors won't cut it it's really funny really gross and so then kevin james gets a knife and cuts it off i'll give them credit the prosthetics there were really cool very gross It, it sold very well it's the kind of thing that cgi just can't replicate and there was obviously cgi in some parts you just can't do practically but all in all the gore was probably my favorite part of the film i obviously can't not talk about kevin james as our villain i think he was good i think all the acting from everyone in this film was good joel McHale was good i think they're all good i don't know if kevin james is great though as an actor and it definitely took me a minute to get over him being our villain the obvious comparison would be adam sandler and uncut gems versus his other films I, this is not at Kevin James. This is absolutely not his uncut gems. I think it's a start. I think I got to see him in something else. I got to see him do more dramatic stuff because I think he has the bones of something good, but I'm not willing to wager on it. I need to see more to really know because there are definitely parts where he kind of plays it a little too stiff, a little too, this is a bad guy. This is how bad guys act. Kind of like too, he's, you could tell he's, trying instead of naturally being in character and it's just it i think it's good not great and so with that i'm going to start talking about the bad the absolute worst part of this movie was the writing i just couldn't get into it it's cliche for the most part which could have been okay you build the classic cat and mouse trope you build the sit on the couch thing you have the characters who sit on the couch the entire movie you have the MacGuffin you have the angsty teenager who's rebelling against her dad and we've seen it a lot and I think it took way too long to get to what made this movie different I think initially it was okay picture that cliche but handled by someone completely different I see the appeal I think it took way too long to get to the killing because at that point, I'm, I was very bored and I could forgive setting up the cliche establishing you've seen this before, viewer. I'm okay with that kind of setup. I just think it took too long because I got bored. And man, just decisions characters make from Becky grabbing the, the walkie-talkie instead of the, the cell phone and the whole like garbage, uh, excuse me, officer, can you stop the car? My friend is sick dumb and I just don't accept the MacGuffin I think it's really really loose it feels very 
first draft to me to be like, well, we had to have a reason for these bad guys to be here at the, at the house. What do you guys want it to be? And they're like, what if they're looking for something? And I'll give them credit. It's better than literal money buried there. It's better than, I don't know. It's not, it's not great. It's like I said, it, 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 it is better than certain things, but not a lot of thought. And I just, I don't accept the key being interesting at all. It's by no means the Tarantino briefcase glimmering light kind of thing. I didn't care for it. I don't think the characters are interesting at all. I didn't think Becky's whole turn to evil, you know, I'm going to start killing everyone. I, I just, I think the idea was bigger than the project itself. And while I had a ton of fun when the killing started and the, when the comedy kind of pepper was peppered in, I can't forgive the rest of the movie. Kevin Smith being, I keep calling him Kevin Smith. Sorry. Kevin James, his little Nazi thing didn't really play out very much. And they do a few of the whole like blood, got to keep it pure. And he has like a little bit about the dog where he's like, that's a crossbreed mutt, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I needed more. Just this movie had an idea in their head and they wanted to try to make a gory home alone basically. And I guess in that respect they did, but man, the movie could have, should have been dumber, which would have been more fun or smarter, which would have been, uh, like a great film at that point. And it didn't want to lean into either one. It kind of leaned a little bit towards dumb, but like if you're trying to turn the, the dial to 10 it's flirting around like a six and I'm like, come on, at least bring me to an eight. So besides the, I'll even count them out. So there's one, two, three, four. I'll count five. I only count four, but I, I'm sure there's a fifth one that I missed the eyeball. Yeah. Fifth, five cool, gory moments in this hour and a half movie. Don't know if it's quite worth sitting through the hour and a half. I think it is interesting. I don't think it was properly executed. I liked what they kind of tried to do with Apex's character, which I will actually give them credit. Yay for giving that dude a shot. I feel like that guy, again, he's always the big body in a movie. He's never really acting in the movies. It's Robert Millet. Yay for giving him some speaking lines, but yeah, his little turn was okay. You know, him being haunted by the kids, but I think think at that point I don't know maybe it was a decision by the rating system or whatever if that's supposed to be his thing that completely changes him makes him break his loyalty to Dominic makes him completely change as a person I think we should have seen it maybe changes so that's not two little kids maybe it's just one kid and you don't have to literally show the kid the life being poured out but show him do the killing just show his face during it I think that would have been that would have been better. It's important, you know, and we're, we didn't see it. And I think having, having us experience it along with him would make us be more sympathetic for him. Cause I didn't really care for him the, the entirety of the, of the film. So all in all, I would give the movie a solid C. I'm really bouncing back and forth between a C and C minus. The killing was fun. Kevin James got a really hardcore death at the end. Like I appreciate the prosthetic stuff. I want them to use that more often in films but man, that writing was poor. I think the performances were good. 
not sure how I feel about Kevin James yet. I want to see him do. I want to see him do more. Let's call it intrigued. I'm not quite sold, but I'm definitely my curiosity has been peaked a tiny bit. Depending on the next project, if it, if it's interesting enough, I'll 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 check it out. But yeah, so the movie was written and directed, uh, written by Nick Morris, Ruckus Sky, and Lane Skype. I am unfamiliar with their work. I haven't seen any of it. And directed by Jonathan, I'm going to think it's Malo, and Carrie Mer- Mernion. Unfamiliar with any of their other stuff. I haven't seen Cooties. I haven't seen Bushwick. I'm not familiar with their stuff. This is the first I've seen from the creative part of this film. Eh. It's a, maybe it's a late night, Friday night kind of movie. You want to just watch a bloody movie? This could be it. There's, I'll call it enough to keep you interested. I don't feel like I wasted my time watching this movie, but that's why I called it a C. It's average. Could have been better. Could have been worse. So if there's any movie you'd like for me to take a look at and talk about, send me an email at genregeekscast at gmail.com. Check us out every Monday, 830 Central at twitch.tv slash genregeeks. We shoot the main show there. You can send us an email. We read every email, whether it's nice or not. Every email on the show, answer all your questions. Once a month, we're doing our drafts. Last Monday, we had our chips draft, so be sure to check out our Facebook page, our Discord, which there are links in the description here, to vote on that. And until next time, bye.